I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20 20, 20 ready to get 20 20, ready to get 15 15, 15 15, just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. There have been many situations in my life that could have been avoided if I chose to be an asshole instead of being nice and well-mannered. It goes without saying that this situation would have been avoided if I let go of the idea that I should always be polite. This is not a story of assault or life-threatening danger, but it was definitely creepy and in my mind could have escalated to something more serious. The situation went like this. I used to be very friendly with an elderly man and my neighbor. I felt bad because he seemed really lonely, as if he never had any company. At first he would want a hug every time he saw me, which I didn't think was strange because hugging as a greeting or goodbye is very common where I come from. He eventually asked if he could have my mobile number in case anything happens and he needs help. He told me he had suffered a stroke years ago, and both he and his wife were prone to falls that would result in broken bones, so I gave him my mobile number. I would want someone to help my elderly relatives if they needed help in an emergency. He would then frequently ring my doorbell to share leftover food with me, which I appreciated at the time. Then he would come to my apartment almost daily and ring my doorbell until I answered the door. He once rang six times. He also once invited himself into my apartment when I opened the door and proceeded to remove his shirt to show me a scar on his chest. 
I told him that I believed him when he said he had a scar and he did not need to undress. He took off his shirt anyway. If he did not see me for more than a day or two, he would call me to see where I was and what I was doing. By this point, when he would hug me, he would sometimes lightly bounce up and down or rock side to side. When that would happen, I would push away and tell him that I don't need a hug. I would make up an excuse like I had a cold or flu-like symptoms. This was pre-pandemic and did not want to spread anything to him. Shortly after this, three separate things happened on separate days that make my skin crawl when I think back on them. First, he put his hands on the sides of my head, gently squeezed, rubbed his hands on my hair, and pulled my head towards his. I extended my hand against his shoulder and gently pushed away. I told him that I am not a touchy person and do not really like to be grabbed. This is true and not just something I was saying in the moment. Second, he ran his fingers through my hair after I gently pushed away from his dancing hug. I told him again that I am not the type of person who likes physical affection. Last, he gave me a regular hug, no weird movements, but then caressed my face with his hand and pinched my nose. I felt so uncomfortable and gross. I pushed away and told him that I had to get back to work. He slowly but firmly grabbed my arm and tried to initiate another hug. I pushed him away again and told him that I do not need another hug. Each of these three things happened in my apartment, not on the sidewalk in plain view of others. After that last encounter, I made the decision to never allow him within arm's reach of me again. I felt and still feel that his actions were gradually escalating. I did not care to let things escalate any further. When he would see me walking my dog and approach us, I would quickly walk the other way and not respond to him. He eventually realized I was avoiding him and followed me back to my apartment. He asked me if it was something he said. I was direct and told him that I do not like being touched, yet he insisted on touching my face and hair in ways that made me uncomfortable. He responded with, I wish you said something. I did. Multiple times. He still tries to talk to me when he sees me walking my dog, but I continue to completely ignore him. There are individuals who take advantage of certain assumptions younger people tend to make. I made the assumption that I should be unquestionably kind and social with this man since he was elderly and lonely. I made assumption that my neighbor was just a vulnerable and frail person. I made the assumption that nothing threatening would happen due to his fragile health. And I admit it's entirely possible that I am reacting too much. So how does this pertain to being an asshole sometimes instead of always being a well-mannered female? The truth is that I did begin to feel uncomfortable long before those three incidents took place. I felt uncomfortable enough to ignore him when he would ring my doorbell again and again. I felt uncomfortable enough to ignore his phone calls. I felt uncomfortable the moment he gave that first dancing hug. Yet every time I chose to ignore that feeling of discomfort as it would have been seen as me being impolite to an elderly person. In those moments, I valued the optics of good manners more than what my gut was telling me. I will always choose to be kind to others. But going forward, I will be more alert and no longer choose appearing to be polite over my own sense of safety. My roommate 22 female and I 23 female recently moved to a new apartment. 
The location is amazing, the apartment is pretty nice, and the rent is doable. On one of the days we were moving, we met our across-the-hall neighbor, Russell. He came out shirtless to greet us and insisted that we would have to come over one day and try his homemade alcohol. That day was today. I work from home and my roommate goes to the office to work, so I was home alone. My doorknob is broken so the door is always slightly ajar. I put in a maintenance request yesterday, so when I heard a series of knocks on my door, I assumed it was maintenance and opened the door without checking. But alas, it was Russell coming to chat. Apparently, this man doesn't own a shirt. Everything was normal until he went into his apartment to get the alcohol and insisted on giving me a tour of his bachelor pad. It was then that I learned he was recently divorced from his fifth wife. I'm a people pleaser, so I said yes, but my gut was telling me no the entire time I was there. Keep in mind, he caught me off guard, so I am barefoot, slightly high, and I don't have my phone. Let me set the scene. You enter the apartment with a kitchen on your right, and then it opens up to the living and dining area. The kitchen was full of random jugs of green liquid. Instead of a dining table, this man had a full-size statue of himself, a folding table, and a single folding chair. In the living room, he had the most casting couch sofa I have ever seen, an 85-inch TV held up by Home Depot boxes, and three floor-to-ceiling framed photos of himself. He insisted on giving me a tour, and that's when I saw the bedroom. Red walls and a black and gold tufted bed rigged with lead lights. Red flag. He brought me back out to the living room to show me his YouTube videos, gave me one of the cheapest, most trashy outfits I've ever seen, and asked me to model it for him. I knew I needed to leave, but whenever I would move closer to the door, he would get in my way. I didn't have my phone, so I didn't know what to do. Eventually, he started asking me to have sex with him, and I thought to myself how easy it would be for him to take advantage of me in that situation. I was actually terrified. I did what any normal person would do and said that my mom was coming over so I needed to leave. He gave me a jug of the green liquid, which is definitely prison wine and the outfits, and told me to come back later with my roommate so we could have some fun. I have to live here for 12 more months. What do I do? I am a 25 female living in a relatively safe country with low crime rate in Asia. This incident took place around 5-6 years ago, on one afternoon when my mom went out to run errand not far away from home and I was home alone. First of all, I live in an apartment block where there are a total of six units each floor. Delivery man or salesman often mistake my living room window along the common corridor as my neighbor's window. My neighbor's living room window is actually inside their house. I remembered I was in the living room scrolling through social media on my phone when I heard someone knocking on my neighbor's door. I looked out from my living room window which is sort of translucent due to being tinted. I saw two men based on their height and silhouette standing at their doorstep, one of them shouting, Delivery. After knocking a few times, no one answered the door, so they prepared to take their leave. But this moment, one of the men whom passed by my living room window literally tried to peek in through a scratch on the window to get a glimpse of my house. Both of his hands were on my window, with his face pressing on it, and I saw one of his eyes. 
This scared the hell out of me. I immediately crawled on the floor and went hiding in the room closest to living room, calling my mom briefly telling her what happened and asking her to quickly come home. After hanging up, I stayed in the room closely listening to sounds and occasionally stick my head out to check is the guy still there. I think about 10 or 15 minutes later, my mom finally came home. She told me she just ran into the delivery man at the ground level lift lobby. Apparently, my mom was fuming with anger after listening to the full story, so she looked out of the kitchen window and actually saw that creepy delivery man looking up at our unit. She gave him a deadly glare before the man went into his van and drove off. After that incident, we would always cover our living room window with something whenever we are not at home to prevent people from peeking in again. So I live in a house with a medium-sized yard in it that's fenced in. If you go out the back door into the yard, there are some houses with backyards on the far end. A small complex, it's basically five houses all squished together into one that shares walls on the right side of the yard and a street on the left. I've lived here for a few years and I've had no problems, but about nine months ago this guy moved into one of the units in the complex. He seemed like a really normal guy, probably late 20s to early 30s with nothing really notable about his appearance. Just looks like an average guy, things started out okay. But I've noticed in the past several months that he likes to stare at my house and family in a very eerie way from his upstairs window. The first time I noticed, I had stepped out to let my cat use the bathroom she was astray when I got her and prefers to go outdoors rather than use the litter box so I kind of have to go out there with her. I usually just sit on my back porch and wait for her to come back up when she's done. I'm sitting there one night and I have this really unsettling feeling of being watched. I started looking around and I saw the dude up there in his window. He had the lights on and the curtain pulled back just enough so that I could only see the left half of his body while he stood up against the window just staring. The complex is pretty close so I could see him clearly. I decided to brush it off, but turned off my back porch light anyway thinking that maybe the light was bothering him. He turned off his light and that was that. The next morning I went out again to let my cat out and I feel eyes again. I looked up in his upstairs window and he was standing there in clear view just staring at me not moving. It's been this way for a while where I'll need to go outside for one reason or another and I'll feel the eyes and he's there. He moves around so I know he's not a mannequin or something, but he is always in that window, either sitting or standing. I've also seen him up there with a set of dumbbells sitting in a chair and working out while he watches us, and staring into my yard with an expression that's really blank, but also wide-eyed. If I move he turns his head and follows me with his eyes. He's always up there day or night, and I can always see him because he keeps the light on at night. Mind you, I'm not just staring into his window, in fact I try not to look at him at all lest it encourage him. I can just see him out of the corner of my eye because everything is so close. I have a two years old niece who I babysit on occasion and she likes to play in the yard. When we go out there, he watches her instead of me. It's gotten to the point that I don't want to be in my yard anymore, especially with my niece. I mean, with the houses being so close together, I've accidentally made eye contact with my neighbors several times before, but it's never been like this. Maybe I'm upset over nothing, but something about him really puts me on edge. 
also, it's really strange to me that he never seems to leave that room and his expression is just really strange. The best way to describe it is that it looks like he's in a trance, but hyper-focused on us at the same time, or like someone who has mentally snapped. There's really nothing I can do about it, except keep a close eye on the situation. One of my neighbors that lives in the complex told me that she can see him watching my yard when she goes out on her patio, and it really gives her the creeps as well. I always make sure my doors are locked, and I don't let my niece stay overnight anymore. Any ideas on what I should do? This happened around summer 2000 in Midwest USA, and I was a 12-year-old boy. I was shy and never did well with confrontation. Anytime I was scared, I'd feel myself shaking. One day, my dad and cousin were weightlifting in the garage and it was open. I then decided to grab my bicycle out of the garage and ride up and down the street while my dad and cousin lifted. As I'm pedaling away from my house, I see another kid riding his bike probably five, six houses down from mine, but he's just kind of going in circles. I maybe get like 20 feet near him, but that's it. No words were exchanged, not even a wave or a nod. I just kept my head down and kept pedaling. On my next circle back down the street, that's when things got weird. I get near the area where the kid had been riding and he's not around anymore, so I guess he went inside wherever he lived. Right as I'm about to turn around and head towards my house, which is like probably 80-100 yards away, I hear a man yell, hey, in an unsettling tone. I look up and a man is standing in his front doorway probably 25 feet from me as I'm paused on the street with my bike. He's one of the creepiest looking dudes I've seen in my life. He has on a ball cap and he's wearing these thick Jeffrey Dahmer looking glasses. Tan burnt orange dirty looking wrinkled skin and had to be in his 40s probably. He looked straight out of a horror movie and he just had this sinister angry look on his face. He then says, If you say anything to my son again I'm going to run your ass over. At this point I was crying and frozen with fear, but then I start biking home faster than ever. I'd never been in a situation like this in my life. I couldn't believe what happened because I never said anything to that boy. So I get to the open garage where my dad and cousin are still lifting, tell them the story, and they decide to go to this guy's house and address this situation that just occurred. My dad and cousin had a few beers and are pretty jacked, so they were ready to tussle if needed. My dad goes straight to this guy's door with my cousin behind him and knocks loudly. The man opens the door and has this huge Rottweiler by his side barking and going crazy at my dad and cousin. He threatens to let the dog loose, but my dad and cousin aren't cowering down one bit. After a bit of bickering for a minute, the guy goes inside his house and shuts the door. Nothing else happens that night and we walk back home. A few days pass and now I'm about to get to the creepiest part. During the summer when my parents worked during the day, my grandma would come over and babysit my little brother and I. We were about 10 minutes from downtown and my grandma was going to take us there to grab food at Sonic. We get in her car and start driving down the road towards that creepy dude's house. This made me feel uneasy, but that's the direction we had to go. As we get closer to the house, the hair on my neck starts to stand up again. As we go by the house, I see him. He's sitting in a red truck in his driveway, 
facing the road like he's about to pull out. I don't remember well, but I think he might have even had a grin on his face when we drove by. We pass the house and he pulls out behind us. I start freaking out a bit, so I tell my grandma the story about the man driving behind us. At first my grandma was chill about it, but then I noticed she seemed a bit shaken. This is because she had made about six, seven turns to throw him off our trail, but he kept following us. Every little turn. At this point, me and my brother are in the back seat with our heads down as he follows us, but luckily we made it downtown where it was busy. We get near the police station, I believe, and take another turn. Then finally he just passes on by. I never saw the man again. My mom and dad split up, and we left that neighborhood two years later with my mom to move to the country. My dad still lives at the same house, and I wonder if that dude stuck around for a while, or even still lives at that house. What was his intent? Was it just a coincidence, or did he plan on following us? It was so weird how it looked like he was just waiting in his driveway for us to pass by. Oh man, let's see. There was the old hillbilly who'd always sit outside shirtless drinking a beer. Wouldn't have bothered me except that my dog, who loves everyone, freaked out every time we walked by him. There was the guy in the neighborhood I grew up in who got arrested for child porn and went to jail. But the one who personally creeped me out the most was a buff Jim bro type who lived a floor beneath me in an apartment building. I met him and his friends at the building's pool, and he hit on me and gave me a beer, not really weird for a building mostly full of students, and he asked me about where I worked again, not a big deal. Except that a few days later he showed up at my work to hit on me again. My little sister, who is much shyer and less comfortable with flirting, came to stay with me for a while. He hit on her too and gave her the creeps. A few months after all of this happened, I was walking the dog and came across a woman lying on the ground outside of the building, totally unresponsive when I tried to wake her up. I called 911 for her and the next day she came to my apartment to thank me and we talked for a long time. Turned out creepy guy had been her boyfriend and was physically abusive and she'd taken a sedative to calm down after a nasty fight, only it didn't mix well with alcohol duh, and she passed out while waiting for her friend to come pick her up. I was really relieved when that guy moved out. A number of years ago, a storm blew down a big section of fence between my yard and the house behind me. I went out to survey the damage before work, and the neighbor from the house behind me came over. I had never met him before. He was a big guy in sweats, reeking of cigarettes and body odor, with snot hanging from his nose. We started out talking about the fence, but it soon devolved into him telling me all about his lousy life, his nervous breakdown, his wife leaving him, his son getting married and pushing him away, and on and on and on. All the while standing too close to me, which of course made me step back, only to have him close the gap. And so our dance began. He effectively ended up chasing me in slow circles around the yard for about an hour because no matter how many times I said I needed to go, he just kept going on and standing close. I was too polite to tell him to STFU and needed his goodwill for mutual fence fixing. He was well-intentioned but obviously mentally ill. The whole incident really creeped me out. 
I ended paying for the whole fence repair because he had no money. For a couple years after that, he kept leaving food on my doorstep or in the backyard. He'd even sometimes throw candy bars over the fence. Again, well-intentioned but super creepy. I was so relieved when he finally moved out. I'm a 16-year-old guy, but last year I had a bad accident which almost killed me. Since then, I sometimes have chest pain and trouble breathing for no reason. My arms and legs also shake on their own sometimes. I live in the countryside on a big property with lots of bushes and trees. I'm really cautious and don't trust strangers. One night, it was 1.30 in the morning, and I was watching a movie on the couch while my parents were sleeping. My sister was out of town having fun. Suddenly, I saw a bright light outside that turned on because it sensed motion. The windows were closed, but the light was so strong that it shined through the gaps in the window blinds. Then I heard the back door making noise. I thought it was my sister returning from her night out, but she didn't come in for another 20 minutes. I asked her why she stayed outside for so long, and she said she had just gotten home. I ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com I thought it was probably the strong wind because there was a big storm that night. My sister and I went to bed in separate rooms. The next night at 1.15 a.m., I was in the kitchen making a sandwich which is connected to the garage. I should mention that my dog and cat sleep in the garage. Suddenly, my dog started barking loudly and acting crazy for no apparent reason. I thought my dog was barking at the cat, but when he didn't stop after a minute, I got worried. I remembered what happened the night before. I'm always anxious, so I went to get a knife because the guns were in the garage. Just as I was about to enter the garage, my dog suddenly stopped barking. I listened at the garage door for a few minutes, but there was no noise. I felt really scared, so I decided to go to bed. I planned to talk to my parents about it the next day, but they didn't take it seriously. Now it's the next night, and it's 1.46 a.m. I was half expecting my dog to start barking again, and I had my knife ready. Just as I thought it happened, my dog went wild again, barking like crazy. This time, I hurried to the garage, and as I got closer, I heard noises inside. I was sure someone was in there. I opened the door quickly, but there was nothing there. I searched the whole garage, but I found nothing. I told my mom about it because my dad was away on a business trip. I suggested we might need to call the police, but she didn't believe me and said I couldn't call them. I went back downstairs, thinking maybe I was going crazy, that it was all in my head. 
That's when I heard a whistle coming through the window. I rushed to the window and opened the blinds, but there was nothing outside. As I headed towards the garage, I heard a tap and then another whistle at the kitchen window. I quickly opened the blinds and saw that the motion sensor light was on. I went into the garage to get a shotgun, but it was empty. I searched for the bullets but couldn't find any. Then I realized that not only were the shotgun bullets missing, but all the bullets for the rifle, pistol, and revolver were gone too. I heard three taps on the garage door next to me, followed by another whistle and a laugh. Fortunately, I knew where my dad had hidden the spare bullets. I got the bullets from the secret stash, which the person didn't find. When I returned to the living room, I heard more taps, whistles, and even laughter at every window. It was happening at the living room window, the kitchen window, the game room window, the garage window, and all over. The person kept tapping, whistling, and sometimes laughing at every window. I rushed out the door with my gun ready. The person had disappeared, or so I thought. When I looked up, I saw a tall, slim figure in a hoodie on the roof. I was about to shoot when I suddenly couldn't breathe due to my health condition. I fell to the cold ground, aiming my gun at the person on the roof, but my body started shaking uncontrollably because of my condition. The person jumped down and believe it or not, he put his lips right next to my ear and started whistling. I thought I was about to die. Then he walked towards my pool. After a few minutes, I managed to get back on my feet using my shotgun like a walking aid because my legs were still shaking. I thought the person had left, so I went back inside, and this time my mom believed me. We were about to call the police when we looked out the window, and we actually saw the person's head popping out from our pool. The police came and searched our property. They found all the missing bullets in our shed. There were muddy footprints all over our property, and to make it even scarier, the words, oh no, were carved into the wall. We also found out that he got into the garage by moving a heavy metal plate that blocked a hole to the outside. It was a complete nightmare, the person who was whistling and laughing like a maniac. I dare you to come back so I can finish the job this time. Saw so crazy Paula. For context, my house is in a cul-de-sac, with my house being at the entrance and Crazy Paula's being at the very far end. She would become infuriated when I was a child when me and my brother would play football outside our own house, a solid 100-150 meter away from her house. She called the police on us once we were 9 and 11, and they showed up, laughed when they found out what was happening, and told her not to waste police time. About a week later, we were outside playing again, and we seen her getting into her car. Assuming she was driving out of the street, we stepped onto the pavement. Nope, she gunned her car straight at us, we jumped out of the way, and she went straight into the wall behind us. Then she called the police and said we made her crash her car. She got arrested, and I'm pretty sure she ended up in a mental hospital. Never seen her again after that. I lived in Center City, Philly while finishing college. Our apartment shared a stoop with a guy. Never learned his name, only saw him once. To set the scene, his house was a typical three-story town home. We lived at basically Broad and Spring Garden, a block or two off. It's a decent enough area. 
not as scary as some of the city. Above us we have two Drexel College professors, and above them in my building are lawyers. Now next door. A typical three-story row home with a beautiful bow window that runs the entire height of the building. There were roughly 12-15 windows on the facade of the house, all of which we covered in tin foil, and in each window is a covered slit in the tin foil, so he could lift up the cover and peek through the slit to see what was going on below. On his door was spray-painted, go away, don't sit on steps, don't leave trash, etc. Every now and they we would the little slits open especially on the main floor and his eyes just scan the area. We could hear him through our walls constantly banging around his house, screaming about monsters and God knows what else. One time and only one time we saw the man. He had was outside cutting the tree branches from the tree in front of our homes, and he was standing on a ladder with a chainsaw for what could easily be done with a pair of hand cutters. He jumps off the ladder at some point after throwing down the chainsaw and lands square on the roof of the car below, screaming about how it shouldn't be parked there. It was a perfectly legal spot. I parked there every chance I got. We lived there for a year. Don't miss it. We had an entire creepy family live next door to us. My boyfriend and I were in our early 20s, first apartment together. Next door was a whole family originally from Europe and did the following things. Uncle would hit on me whenever I was out walking our dog. He asked me if I have any sisters he could date, but only if they looked just like you. One of the sons we were actually friends with him texted my boyfriend pretending to be the neighbor's fiance. She was asking if I, a female, would hook up with her and if we would be interested in swinging. Same son went rogue for a while. Family just said he went back to Europe. Turns out he was luring young girls to the local library and assaulting them. He was really doing time. My current upstairs neighbor. Guy never sleeps. I hear him walking around at all hours when I get up at 6 a.m. throughout the day when I go to bed around midnight. I often wake up throughout the night to hear him pacing around and groaning. I'm sure he's ill in some way and do feel bad for him, but it's the loud groaning that really gets me at 2.30 a.m. When I was around 7 I was walking home from the little play area at the end of my street and this random woman shouted me over to her house. She asked if I wanted to see her Lego models. I said yes and went in her house. Sure enough, she had the most amazing Lego stuff set up in her front room. Things like Star Wars ships built to a massive scale way before those Lego sets were a thing. I had a look at them, said I liked them, then left. It never happened again, and I don't think I told anyone about it at the time. She lived alone was probably in her 40s and didn't live on the street for very long. No idea what her story was, but if it had happened today, she'd almost certainly have been questioned by the police. When I moved in, I quickly noticed I had an alcoholic as a neighbor, and she had a son of about 18. She was harmless. Loud you could hear her down the street, but she was friendly and harmless. The son seemed worried about his mum all the time and I worried for him. 
He used to tell me he didn't want his mum to drink, but then would go to the shop and buy her booze. At first he seemed a decent kid in a shitty situation. I remember thinking he was a bit of a creep when he caught me coming into my house one day with my shopping, and he asked me if I had seen some strange lights over the road from our house. We overlook fields and horse stables, but in the distance can see lights of the next village or town, and there's like a narrow road going down past these fields so at night, sometimes your bedroom that faces that way can be lit up with the headlights of cars coming up it. So I gave all these reasons and explanations to him. That no, I hadn't seen the lights, but maybe it was one of them he saw. No, it was hovering. In the sky. I just shrugged thinking he must be into UFOs and that and got on with my day. A few weeks later, though at about 10 p.m. I had banging on my front door. Now I lived alone with a toddler at the time, so I would usually have ignored it. But I heard my name being called and I recognized the son's voice. Thinking something had happened to his mum drunkenly fallen over or something she did that a lot, I ran to the door. What's up? Is it your mum? Is your bedroom the one that's joined to my house? Or your little ones? It's my bedroom. Why? Oh, thank God. I've had an evil spirit in my bedroom and it went through the wall that goes into your house and I thought he was going to hurt your kid. Just keep an eye out, okay? and off he went back to his own house. Thankfully, they moved a few months after that. I didn't know how long I could keep hiding from them whenever I spotted them when leaving my house. My neighbor in high school had three sons and were the nicest people. The father goes to church regularly, is always working on his lawn, and was just an all-around nice or cool dude. Never would have known that his job was that he worked for the government making or coming up with different weapons, think biological bombs, all the above. The best part is he isn't the creepy neighbor, his middle son is. His middle son was expelled from my high school after I graduated for a bomb threat, and he had stuff in the basement to start making one. Add that in with the fact that his dad knew the ins and outs of all of it, and that makes for one seriously creepy kid. Not saying the dad told him how, but the son probably picked up the general ideas over time. If a dorm neighbor qualifies, then I have an interesting one. We had a triple of girls that lived diagonal to us. One girl will call us, she's the main event here. She did some crazy drugs and was always strung out, looking really fearful of everything and everyone and she had huge eyes with giant bags underneath them, and always had greasy hair hanging in chunks. We'd say hi, and it was like we just screamed in her face. Everything made her jump. But she would never say anything back to us, so eventually my roommates, and I realized we weren't doing anything good for either of us, and stopped. So generally a creepy girl. So one night at like 3 a.m., we hear the most blood-curdling screams. I have never heard, and probably never will unless I'm in some sort of disaster, a more helpless vocal cord tearing scream. Of course it was S. But at the time we were all just catastrophizing thinking there was a shooter and were too scared to see what was happening. We realized it was S, and that the screaming wasn't stopping anytime soon. So eventually we crept out into the hallway to see a barrage of cops and SRAs stationed outside S's locked door trying to get in while she's screaming from the inside. 
She was throwing herself against the walls and door as she yelled. Most of it was gibberish in between screams, but there were a couple, help me is as well. They yelled at us to get back in our room, but we looked through our door's peephole and about 20 minutes later, EMTS come and take her out. Turns out she was tripping really bad and really hard, and the screaming was from breaking all of her own fingers one by one. After that, some friends moved her stuff out, and she never came back to school. Two sets, same condo right below ours, right in a row. Neither is what most would consider traditionally creepy, no weird noises coming from the apartment at odd hours, no mysterious black bags leaking a strange red fluid, no standing outside our door breathing heavily. But the first set was obsessed with us. Everything that was wrong in their lives was our fault. We made too much noise and it kept them awake all night, our furniture was too squeaky, our dog barked too much their dog was a yappy Pomeranian who would bark all day. But hey, whatever, we came home at weird times. They were practically stalking us to find fault with everything we did. My favorite thing that they did. We used to feed the squirrels on our balcony peanuts in the shell in hopes that they'd quit eating the bird food did not work. And the squirrels would drop onto their balcony, eat the nuts, and leave the shells behind rather than say anything to us after they first noticed this happening as we had no idea this was going on. They gathered up the peanut shells for two months, put them into a little baggie, and finally the husband came up to knock on our door and scream at us about how the squirrels had deposited 23 peanut shells on his balcony in that time. They reported us to the management company so many times that the management company just stopped sending us letters about our behavior and would just occasionally send the president of the board around to tell us to try and be less human, because people who should never have lived in multi-family living felt entitled to the experience of a single-family home. The worst part is that if you confronted them about this behavior and asked them to stop being so insane and just come talk to us when they had problems, they'd blame each other and say that the other one was crazy and that they themselves were sane and totally okay with our behavior. We were constantly on our toes. Also, they blamed us for their dog's collapsed trachea because she spent all day barking at the squirrels. They did not see why them hitting the lock button on the retractable leash attached to her collar and choking her when she was yanked to a sudden stop might be causing damage. The second set weren't nearly as bad. They were a very friendly boyfriend and girlfriend pair. Very quiet, never complained, we asked them about our actions affecting them frequently after stalker neighbors, friendly if you caught them outside of the condo. But if you needed to talk to them while they were inside their condo, they wouldn't open the door. You had to shout through the door, and if they decided they wanted to talk to you, they'd open the door just a crack and talk to you like that. They didn't have any pets, so it wasn't to keep the cat from running out or whatever. They just didn't want people to see inside their apartment, which was super creepy and weird. They also apparently had a ton of money because the woman was constantly ordering things online, and they took vacations all the time. We joked that they either had a grow-up or a meth lab in the house, and their lives were funded through drug money. Well, potential Breaking Bad couple moved out a few months ago, and a new guy has moved in. He's barely ever home, and I've only actually seen him once so I can't confirm whether or not he's following in his predecessor's footprints. 
Our neighbors across the breezeway are definitely the creepy neighbors in our section of the complex. There is a guy and presumably his girlfriend. They keep to themselves and are fine. However, recently an older lady has moved in with them. Or is visiting. Really, I don't know. But she has really bad energy and seems to be mentally ill. She looks almost exactly like him, so I presume it is his mom. Yesterday, we were going out to pick up stuff for dinner, and this old lady was standing at 5.30 p.m. in her bathrobe that was not fully closed, behind a bush, with a giant stick, staring up the lawn. She had a phone in her hand and was telling someone on the phone that they were after here, and she was spying on them and how they spotted her. We got back and the stick was propped by the door. Last week, she asked my partner if we lived in X apartment and then rushed off. We think she's harmless, but she's clearly suffering from some paranoia, and it gives us the creeps having her across the hall from us. When I was a kid, the next door neighbor asked my parents to come over every day and feed their dog. One day I went with them and what I saw was unbelievable. When my dad opened the front door, cockroaches went scattering. Being the nosy little kid I was, I started looking around. I went into the kitchen and opened some of the drawers. More cockroaches, some alive, some dead. I opened the microwave. Exploded cockroaches. I walked down a hallway and looked into one of the bedrooms, and it was filled with Cabbage Batch Kid dolls. After that, I told my parents that I was going back home. so I can answer this for my wife. About a year after we moved into our house, she got in a fight with the guy next door over something stupid, don't even remember what. And now for the last four years, when he, his wife, or their parents see my wife outside, they film her on their phones. It doesn't matter if she's just walking from the house to her car to leave for work, or if she's sitting outside on our porch, the creeps next door can be seen filming her. They do a bunch of other weird stuff too, like call the city about our lawn every week even though nothing is wrong with it. Had the police over a few times for a noise complaint when we were not even home. For two years in a row they have raked their leaves onto my lawn. I could go on and on about these freaks. Thank God we are moving soon. I never had a creepy neighbor but my friend did when new neighbors moved into the house next to his. They have a fairly secluded backyard with tall trees, tall fences, and a balcony over their hot tub. You can only really see it from inside the house or directly in front of it in the yard. Every time people would go outside, creepy Mr. Jones next door would grab a beer and sit on his deck, facing their house and try and catch a glimpse of people hot tubbing. Spring rolled around and the trees fully bloomed, completely blocking his view of their backyard. One weekend when they were gone and he didn't know I was stopping by to feed the cats, I caught him trying to cut the tree down for a better view. I called my friend and he booked it home. The trees were nowhere near his property and when confronted he ran. Apparently the owner of his house didn't do a background check. Turns out creepy Mr. Jones spent some time in a big building with many grumpy people because he had a desire to touch little girls and boys.
I used to live in a duplex and I had a neighbor that was around the same age as me at the time, 14 or 15. I never saw him leave the house, but he would stare out the window and I could always feel him staring at me. This guy would constantly have tantrums so loud that I could hear it through the walls. He'd scream things like, I want something to do, accompanied by sounds of furniture or dishes breaking. One day, I noticed that there was a hole in the drywall of the connecting basement in which you could directly see into the other side. I didn't think much of it and my mom and I stuffed some clothes in it. A few weeks later in one of the bedrooms that shared a wall with the other duplex, developed a small hole in the wall that we never noticed before. Again, we thought nothing of it and stuffed some paper in it. I'd often hear sounds in the attic, scratching, sometimes thumping. I thought maybe it was a squirrel or rodent of some sort. Not too long after this, items from the house started going missing, mostly underwear, bras, some money. We found out that once we moved, the attics had been connected, and this boy was crawling through over to our side of the house when we weren't home. Creepiest place I have lived for sure.